It's a wonderful, wonderful day. Hello, this is Greater Gospel Temple, the Church of Praise and Worship, and Inspiration of God Ministries. Our Lord is so, so, so great, and He is so worthy to be praised. I thank Him for my life, strength, help, a sound mind, shelter, food, clothing, transportation. I thank Him for family, for acquaintances, for friends. For the ministry, I thank Him for everything. And you are included in those. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. And He is so, 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 so worthy of our praise. We are going into our Sunday school lesson. Our Sunday school lesson. And it is in the L.G. Parkhurst Jr. I'm going to do two today. But I'm uh, going to do the L.G. Parkhurst Jr. first. And it's from John, the 12th chapter, the 37th through the 43rd verses. And the topic is believing in Jesus but afraid to confess him. Believing in Jesus but afraid to confess him. And our focal scripture is... In the New Revised uh, Standard Version, is nevertheless many, even of the authorities, believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human glory more than the glory that comes from God. Isn't that amazing? That is so amazing. But it happens every single day. Every single day, people love getting glory from men more than they do God. So they're living for the time. They're living for this time. And then our second one will be coming from John, the 15th chapter, the 4th through the 17th verses. And that topic is Jesus teaches the necessity of abiding in him. So that will be our second, our second uh, commentary. Believing in Jesus, but afraid to confess him. It's the L.G. Parker's Jr. Uh, commentary. You can find it at www.ouosu.com. We're going to our scripture. And in the King James Version, the focal scripture is, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him, but because the Pharisees, because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they, you see, I just did something here in my scrolling. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in Jesus. That is saying something really, really right there. They be they believed in Jesus. They were afraid to confess it because they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. They didn't want to lose the praises of those men in there. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. 
let's get into our scripture. Go into our scripture here. It's John 12, chapter 37 through 43rd verses. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? And then we go on to the next one. It says, Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief ruler also as many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. My, 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 my. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So we're going right into our lesson. Commentary part. Pull this out. Oh, I can I can check it out. Okay. Now, here we go. Now, throughout John's gospel thus far, throughout his gospel thus far, where we are now, okay, in this gospel, we have seen many people believing in Jesus and others refusing to believe. And don't we see that here today? And some people will stop you right in your tracks or right in the midst of your sentence and tell you, no, no, I'd rather not hear that. Some people say, I don't want to hear it. I know one time I was on the train and I was, I had some kind of a, I don't know whether it was a pamphlet, a card, just one of my cards, and the man refused it, just a, just a, a ministry card, you know, like a the size of a business card and he refused it he didn't want it and then also there was one time I was at the beauty shop salon and the lady got sick there and I offered to pray for her and she refused it and then later on the beautician told me that the lady was of another denomination and they didn't believe in, I guess, other people praying for them because she refuses. So I've experienced that, not in a hostile way, but then, you know, when you're rejected, you do remember it, okay? <laughs> when somebody rejects you ministering to them or trying to help them, you remember it, all right? So most often, those refusing to believe in Jesus are the religious leaders who think they will have too much to lose to believe in him. And if you 
can relate to what I'm going to say. There are people who know that some people are not right in things they say, things they do, and how they how they treat people, but they go along with those people, especially if those people have a position uh, in the hierarchy. They'll go along with that so that they can get the recognition and stay in cahoots with those people. And I'm not that kind of person. I am not that kind of person. And so, hey, and by the grace of God, I want to be fair, honest. I want to be saved, most of all, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to be saved. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Too many days in my life I have done things even while I've been saved. And thank God in these last decades, I have tried my best not to get into any anything that's unholy not saying that I am perfect that's not what I'm saying but I do everything I can to try to keep my conscience clear okay and my spiritual health and my welfare in good shape and most of all I try to please I'm what I'm saying in good shape trying to please God and so therefore I do everything I can to be saved and then I leave the rest to God. But what I, my thing is, if I would willfully sin and then I would not have a free conscience to tell, conscious, excuse me, to tell people okay, this is what God said, you don't do this and what if I'm doing that and I'm telling somebody else not to do it. So I am convicted. So I try my best to live the life that I will be able to freely minister to people and tell them this is the way God has blessed me to live. He saved me. And I've learned through the years and I've grown more and more by the grace of God. And I can tell you if you listen to me if you follow my example you will be saved you will be blessed even more okay so these unbelievers prefer their power prestige and position in this world to following jesus no matter what he offers believers even the gift of eternal life my 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 so in john the 17th chapter In the third verse, Jesus defined eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In John, the third chapter, Jesus said that those who believe in him are not judged, But those who do not believe in the name of the only Son of God are condemned. That's what he said, okay? So, then in John the third chapter, the 19th through the 20th verses, Jesus summarized. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate 
the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. So to better understand the next few verses, we need to remember that some people love falsehood more than they love the truth because their deeds are evil. Therefore, they will not believe in or believe the truth. And you know we have those people among us in the ministry. We do. And I'm telling you, if if you're not one of those, say hallelujah. God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Hallelujah. So Jesus' signs were not magic tricks. Jesus performed unselfish, loving, wonderful works of God to bless others in ways that only God could do with a completely benevolent motivation. Jesus changed water into wine to bless a newly married couple. Jesus gave sight to a man born blind and led him to saving faith in him. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead to bless his family and reveal himself as the resurrection and the life that people might trust in him and receive the gift of eternal life. Jesus' signs proved he is the one he said he is. His signs proved that he is the one he said he is. And it is so true. He is the light of the world. He is the Son of God. He's the true and living God. He is the Holy Spirit. That is our Jesus. That is our Jesus. So John, the 12th chapter and the 38th verse, we're going to that commentary part right here. Going to that part. Okay. So in this verse, John quoted Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and the first verse, which we get, began Isaiah's prophecy of the coming of the suffering servant, Messiah, in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, the first through 12 verses. So from the study of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, we see how Jesus fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy. So here's a notice, for example, these words in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and the third verse. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity, and as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. The prophet Isaiah foretold the way unbelievers would treat Jesus, and both Isaiah and John have given good and sufficient reasons to believe Jesus and believe in Jesus. But uh, then in Isaiah the 53rd chapter and the 5th verse, we learn why the Father sent his Son to be treated in this horrific way by unbelievers. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. The Old and New Testaments 
reveal God's long-suffering and sacrificial love for us in Jesus, but still many will not believe in him. So in answer to the question, Lord, who has believed our message? So we know many of the religious authorities did not believe the message of the Father and the Son that Jesus preached. So those who preferred living in darkness, that means doing evil, to living in light, doing the truth, doing good, okay, refused to believe in Jesus and his message. So in Matthew, the seventh chapter, the 13th through 14th verses, Jesus preached, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. My, my, my. So in answer to the question, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Jesus revealed the arm, which is the power of the Lord to everyone through his compassionate signs and works of God. Still, those who preferred doing works of evil instead of works of divine love refused to believe in him. And that's the thing. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He came and he is the truth himself, a living, walking, breathing, talking testimony to let us know that you can be saved. You can have eternal life. You can have it. He revealed that arm of power of the Lord through everyone. He had compassion in his works that he did. But still those who preferred doing evil instead of good refused to believe him. He has given us a choice. He has given us a choice. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Choose. We have a choice. We can refuse him or we can accept him. And thank you, God, that I have accepted you. I'm I'm talking to God now, okay? God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Okay, so Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of Isaiah and experienced some of what Isaiah himself experienced when he shared God's message. There's always some suffering and some rejection, but I thank God that he hasn't appointed us, not at least yet, because Jesus died for us and rose for us. He did that. He did that. He was a sacrificial lamb. So why could they not believe? The answer is difficult, but not impossible to explain. Now, in Isaiah, the 6th chapter, the 8th through the 13th verses, Isaiah spoke about his call from the Lord to serve as his prophet and to warn the Jews to turn from their idolatry and turn back to the Lord. Now, these verses also point to the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, who, like Isaiah, forewarned and uh, the unrepentant to turn to God or suffer destruction. Jesus offered the complete forgiveness 
of God to repentant sinners who believed in him as the promised Messiah. So in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, the 13th verse, Isaiah prophesied about the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, as the Holy Seed, saying, The Holy Seed is its stump. He meant that after the Babylonians destroyed the kingdom of Judah and carried away the Jews, uh, many of them, into exile, from the stump of Judah that remained, God promised to send the Holy Seed. So many of them were taken away, but though to those who remained, God promised to send the Holy Seed. So we learn from the scriptures that the Holy Seed is God's only son, Jesus, who is of the tribe of Judah and the lineage of King David. So from the prophets foretelling his coming and from the preaching and the signs of Jesus, everyone who saw and heard Jesus had good reasons to believe that he was God's promised Messiah. But John wrote that they did not and indeed they could not believe. So why? Now, as part of his prophecy about Jesus and how Jesus would be received, Isaiah experienced some of what Jesus would later experience. John said that many of those who heard Jesus preach and saw his signs could not believe in him. So to explain, John referred to Isaiah's experience because the Lord told Isaiah that many could not believe him. So after many warnings, as a result of many of the Jews' continual refusal to turn from their idols and wicked ways to trust in the Lord God and obey his law as revealed in their scriptures as part of God's punishment, they could not believe and repent when their day of final destruction neared. Oh my goodness, too late, too late, too late. My goodness. So because they continually refused to turn to the Lord in repentance and faith in the Lord, the Lord finally sent the Babylonians to destroy Jerusalem, burn the temple, and destroy those who had persisted in doing evil despite repeated warnings. So those who refused to heed the warnings of the Lord perished. The punishment of the Jews in Isaiah's day and the punishment of the Jews in Jesus' day serve as a warning to all who hear the good news, or excuse me, to all who hear the good news of forgiveness for repentant believers in Jesus, but who prefer to do evil as they postpone turning from evil to serve the living God. I'm trying my best not to do this OCD thing and go back and read that old thing. I'm trying not to. I'm trying. I'm trying not to. Okay, so we will proceed. This is a good lesson. And a John quoted Isaiah to explain why unrepentant people cannot believe Isaiah or Jesus. So as part of Isaiah's call to be a prophet, 
In Isaiah, the sixth chapter, the ninth through the tenth verses, the Lord told Isaiah, Go and say to this people, Keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. So make the mind of this people dull and stop their ears and shut their eyes so that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. My goodness. God told Isaiah that he would preach, but most of his hearers would not understand and repent because they could not. C-O-U-L-D, could not. So because the Lord's command seems so harsh and unreasonable to better understand what the Lord Isaiah and John meant, we need to first look at Pharaoh, Pharaoh, excuse me, Moses, and the Exodus. We need to look at those. John quoted uh, Isaiah to explain why unrepentant people couldn't believe Isaiah Jesus. And in uh, Isaiah's call to be a prophet, we're going back over there in Isaiah 6, 9 through 10 verses. He said, go and say to the people, keep this. So God told Isaiah that he would preach, but they wouldn't hear him. As the Lord foretold Moses, Pharaoh refused to believe Moses when the Lord sent Moses to free his people from slavery in Egypt. Sometimes God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and sometimes Pharaoh hardened his own heart. For example, we read in Exodus, the ninth chapter, 12 verse, but the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And he would not listen to them, just just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. And in Exodus, the ninth chapter, the 34th verse, we read, But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned once more and hardened his heart, he and his officials. The Bible clearly teaches that we sin when we harden our hearts and refuse to do what God has revealed in the scriptures and when we refuse to obey the moral law or the Ten Commandments, also known as the law of love. So, as Pharaoh, as his father, did before him for many years, Pharaoh had persisted in doing great evils. For example, His father had ordered the death of all the newborn baby boys who were born to the Jews. Even today, some murder unborn and newborn babies. But Moses survived. Eventually, because of Pharaoh's persistence in doing evil deeds and to save his people, the Lord sent Moses to Pharaoh and punished Pharaoh by hardening his heart so he could not believe Moses. Because of his persistent sinning, Pharaoh's punishment included God hardening Pharaoh's heart so he could not repent. 
To harden can mean to strengthen. Pharaoh wanted to do evil because he loved to do evil. So as in the days of Noah, every inclination of the thoughts of Pharaoh's heart was only evil continually. You can see that in Genesis 6, chapter and the 5th verse, my, my, my. Whew. So when Pharaoh's heart was not strong enough or hard enough to keep doing the evil he wanted to do when suffering God's plagues upon Egypt as punishment, God hardened Pharaoh's heart so Pharaoh kept doing what he selfishly wanted to do. Hardening his heart was part of God's plan to punish Pharaoh for his continual unrepentant evil thoughts and deeds to reveal his glory and to free his people from slavery with a mighty hand. So as the Lord told Moses in Exodus the third chapter and the 19th verse, I know, however, that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. The Lord also hardened Pharaoh's heart and multiplied his signs and wonders in the land of Egypt so the Egyptians would know that I am the Lord. Oh my goodness. So we can see that in Exodus 7 chapter, the first of the six verses. So perhaps when the Egyptians saw the Lord defeat all their idols, including Pharaoh who had taught them that he was a God, some would repent of their evil deeds and believe in the Lord as the one true God. My, my, my. John explained that God blinded the eyes and hardened the hearts of those who loved darkness and wanted to persist in their evil ways and not believe in Jesus as punishment for their sins and their refusal to repent and turn to the Lord God through faith. This is part two of our Sunday School lesson. The audio stopped recording at this point, so I will continue. This is part two of the Sunday School lesson for November 8, 2020. And our, uh, as punishment for their sins and their refusal to repent and turn to the Lord God, through faith in his Son, God punished those who wanted to continue doing evil and to not believe in Jesus by making it impossible for them to see with their eyes, understand with their hearts, and turn to the Father and the Son that he might forgive them and spiritually heal them. As Paul later explained in Romans, the first chapter, the 21st through the 22nd verses, for though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. So in John's gospel, God warned that he would not forgive hardened, unrepentant sinners after their time or after their opportunity to turn from their sins and believe in Jesus had come to an end. 
John explains Jesus' teaching in John 12, chapter 35 verse. The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. So in Isaiah's day and Jesus' day, darkness had finally overtaken the unrepentant so they could not believe and repent and be saved. The same has happened to many others for almost 2,000 years. So happily, John reported that before the Father sent the Word in flesh into the world as Jesus, who came as the promised Messiah, that Isaiah saw his glory, the Lord, the glory of the Son of God. Students of the Bible sometimes call this a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Among other truths, the pre-incarnate Son of God revealed to Isaiah that he would come as a suffering servant Messiah. So in a similar way, King David saw the glory of the Lord Jesus before he came into the world as the Word made flesh. For this reason, the Pharisees could not answer Jesus' question and explain what David meant when he wrote in Psalm 110, verse 1. The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. We can see that in Matthew 22nd chapter 41st through 46 verses. David and Isaiah saw the Lord Jesus in his glory before he was born, and Jesus would soon return to that former glory after he ascended into heaven. However, he would return even more glorified as fully human and fully God and be seated at the right hand of the Father. The book of Isaiah pointed at to the coming of Jesus Christ, the response he would receive from believers and unbelievers, and why he would receive these different responses of belief and unbelief. So, Though everyone has sinned, get it? Though everyone, me, you, them, they, us, okay? All of us, okay? Though everyone has sinned, John made clear that not all the religious authorities were evil. Some honestly tried to serve God, and that's the way it is today. Some of us are honestly and earnestly trying to serve God, okay? So those who were not evil were open to repenting and being born again when they learned the truth about God and Jesus. Nicodemus showed he was not evil when he went to see Jesus at night. And that's described in John the third chapter, verse 21 verses. Now, like Nicodemus, Nicodemus, okay? Some of the religious leaders and authorities tried to love and obey the Lord God, but they were ignorant. 
Jesus, Jesus explained in John the third chapter, the 21st verse. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Nicodemus knew that Jesus was a teacher sent from God. So he went to Jesus. He went to the light, okay, to learn from him. Now, as a teacher of Israel, Nicodemus had committed himself to teaching the truth up to the level of his understanding, and he wanted to understand more about God and Jesus, so he went to Jesus. That's the only way to get it, straight from Jesus, okay? <laughs> and so Jesus, the Spirit, the Spirit is in those of us who are saved and sanctified and teach his word, the Holy Spirit leads and guides us and gives us the understanding to be able to explain the word of God to you, okay? So, Nicodemus was one who wanted to live in such a way that it might be clearly seen that his deeds had been done in God. So, Nicodemus was one of the authorities who believed in Jesus. John does not tell us, but prior to Jesus' crucifixion, Nicodemus may have been one of those who did not confess Jesus publicly because of the Pharisees or fear that he would be put out of the synagogue and forbidden to teach. Now, okay, this is a speculation. Now, you know, I've told you before, this is a commentary. So it's just to get your mind to working, okay? So this is what he said. I'm going to repeat this. The commentator, okay, the one that wrote this, said, John does not tell us, so you don't take this as law, okay? He didn't tell us, but prior to Jesus' crucifixion, he said, Nicodemus may have been one, and then I put in that Nicodemus may not have been one either, okay? Because people knew what Nicodemus did. He knew the Pharisees had expelled the man born blind that Jesus healed before he confessed Jesus. Because many of the Pharisees loved darkness, they did not want anyone to go to the light. So in John, the 12th chapter, the 26th verse, Jesus promised, Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. So here, John explained why some believed in Jesus but refused to acknowledge their belief because they might be expelled from the synagogue, which meant they would lose their power, their privilege, and their position. So many of these authorities knew they might suffer financially and in other ways if they publicly acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah. So what do people love and seek more? Honor and glory from humans or honor and glory from God. So Jesus did not mean that believers in him should needlessly throw their lives away by throwing their pearls, their beliefs, and their reasons for their beliefs in Jesus before swine and dogs. So in Matthew, the seventh chapter and the sixth verse, Jesus warned, 
Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. So Jesus is no coward. He was no coward. But for good reasons, Jesus sometimes quietly hid from his enemies. In John the 12th chapter and 36th verse, Jesus told the crowd the truth, saying, While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become children of light. Then John reported, after Jesus had said this, he departed and hid from them. The real question for every Christian is, Am I hiding my faith in Jesus and keeping quiet because I prefer the approval, honor, and praise that others can give me more than the approval, honor, and praise that God can give me for believing in and telling others about Jesus, the Lord and Savior of the world? My, my, my. That is it. That was a good question. That was a good question. So now we're into the five questions. Five questions. To help you ponder, okay? Just think about some things. Number one, what would have convinced those who saw Jesus to believe in him? Number two, what question did Isaiah ask? How were these questions answered? You remember I told you a while back, they, they're numbered as five questions, but you, some of them have two or three questions in, per number, okay? So that's a good exercise for you. So number three, why were some people unable to believe in Jesus? Number four, why do you think the Lord did this to these people? Number five, why did some who believed in Jesus prefer not to confess it? Do some still have this problem? Hmm. 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 So our topic is believing in Jesus, but afraid to confess him. My God. Nevertheless, we're wrapping it up now. Many, even the authorities, believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him because they were afraid. They were put out of the synagogues because they loved that human glory more than the glory that comes from God. And that's the 12th chapter of John, 42nd and 43rd verses. So most of the elite in Judea, Judea did not believe in Jesus as a Messiah or prophet. They loved the power, prestige, and position this world offers too much to risk all they value to follow a poor Galilean carpenter turned preacher and um, kingdom-wide sensation because of his signs. I got to go back, okay? They loved the power, prestige, and position this world offers too much to risk all they valued to follow a poor Galilean carpenter turned preacher and kingdom-wide sensation because of his many signs. The people followed Jesus gladly and openly because of his loving and powerful works that only God would and could do. The elite ignored them, but they knew God loved them. Jesus showed divine compassion to the blind, the lame, and the bereaved that he healed and raised from the dead. Jesus went from town to town to teach the truth about God 
and the scriptures to any who had ears to hear, whereas many of the elite thought, uh, thought thinking about the disadvantaged was not worth their time. Oh my goodness. They didn't think it was worth their time. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I am doing the wrong thing here. I am scrolling up instead of down. <laughs> so let me know where is my sentence? Where is my sentence? Okay. Still, John reported that some of the elite did believe in Jesus. They knew Jesus was worthy to be followed as one sent from God. However, John also said that some of these elite believers would not confess their faith in Jesus and openly follow Jesus because they did not want to suffer, want to suffer separation from their friends and fellow rulers in the synagogue. They loved to seek the success this world offers to those who conform to the values held by those of this world. So they refused to seek honor from God and the gift of eternal life that Jesus offers to all who truly believe in him. And this is the L.G. Parker's Jr. Commentary, www.ousu.com. The Lord is good. You can reach me at 469-629-9543 or ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. Either are or both. Okay? I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm praying that the Lord will continually bless and keep you. Continually bless and keep you. And as we know, this election is going on. We're waiting and waiting and waiting for them to tally up these electoral votes. And so far, Joe Biden is ahead of Donald Trump. Let the will of the Lord be done. Amen. I love you.